What's the secret to your hair, Dr. Lisa? I get that question so much. And what I have changed recently is using my Nourish Collagen Peptides from the Nourish Balance Thrive line. As you know, before I ever put my name on anything, I test it out for months. And so therefore, I have been using this product for a long time before it ever became available to you guys. Why am I loving this product so much more than any other ones that I've ever used? A, this is grass-fed collagen. So if you are dealing with post-COVID hair loss, if you are dealing with a Hashimoto's diagnosis or a hypo or just low thyroid diagnosis and you're losing your hair, or maybe you're noticing your hair just isn't as thick as it used to be when you were in your 20s, right? There's so many of us noticing that. You might want to add some collagen into your routine. And the Nourish Collagen Peptides is from grass-fed cows, so you're going to love that. You're not going to get all the nasty hormones or whatever else that might be in conventional products. I am always looking for the cleanest source available. What else? If you're looking in the mirror and you're noticing those laugh lines, or if you can pinch your skin and it doesn't like rebound back as fast as it used to, that means the elasticity of your skin just isn't there and we want to rebuild it, nourish it so it can thrive, right? So the Nourish Collagen Peptides will do just that. And obviously as a chiropractor, I love this because it is good for your joint health as well. So Nourish Collagen Peptides has type 1 and type 3 collagen peptides in it, which are great for, like I said, hair, skin, and nails. So if you are dealing with laugh lines or thinning hair or creaky joints, you're going to want to grab a container of the Nourish Collagen Peptides. You can mix it into your smoothies, into your coffee. You can mix it into like your brownies if you're eating that drlisao.com, click the shop link or click the link below. An Ironic Media Production. Visit us at I-R-O-N-I-C-K media.com. Hey there, Rockstar. I'm so glad you're here. I know you've been struggling for a while, trying to figure out why things just aren't changing. I've been there. I get you. I see you. I know how hard you're trying. I'm here to let you know that there's light at the end of the tunnel, and I'm here to teach you the simple steps to becoming that healthy, vibrant, best version of you. Are you ready? Let's do this. My guest today is Cynthia Thurlow. She is a globally recognized expert in nutrition and intermittent fasting, a highly sought after speaker, CEO, and founder of Everyday Wellness Project. She's been a nurse practitioner for over 20 years. She is a two-time TEDx speaker. Her second talk on intermittent fasting has been viewed close to 7 million times. She has been featured on ABC, a Fox 5, KTLA, a CW, and a Medium Entrepreneur. Cynthia was recently listed in Yahoo Finance as one of the 21 founders changing the way we do business. I am super excited to sit down and chat with her today to hear her story of how she ended up on this place that she's at now and super excited about all the stuff that's coming up for her as well. You can find her at CynthiaThurlow.com. Welcome back to the show. I have Cynthia Thurlow with me. She, we're going to deep dive into intermittent fasting and all sorts of good health and wellness stuff. I, I love like-minded people. Like when we're sitting here behind the scenes talking about 
whether or not we count macros and all that stuff. And, you know, for a while we both did, I'm sure, but then you just get used to living this way <laughs> and it's just, you know, what works best for you. When I so, get tired of counting, to be honest, I'm like, I, I don't want to be a slave to my phone, like I, to an app. I don't want to be a slave to an app. I think that's what it comes down that's to. Exactly it. And then to be honest, like I was using my fitness pal and it was like the food I'm eating didn't have scanning codes on it or UPC codes. And then you have to like type it in. And it was like, forget this. Like, I, yeah. And so after a while, you know, like, you know, how many grams of protein are in your steak or whatever it is that you're eating. You just can figure this stuff out. So, but we both didn't get there overnight. So let's talk about that. Let's, how did you get into intermittent fasting? Like that is your jam right now. Not jam isn't jam, but <laughs> it's sugar and jam. <laughs> so she's all, you guys heard her intro. So, yeah. I mean, how did I get into, it's a good question. I think it was because of perimenopause to be completely honest. You know, I'd always been like the fit up at, you know, crack of dawn, going to the gym, tough, hardcore classes, going to the hospital rounding. My husband traveled, my kids were younger and I was probably like doing everything wrong. I was not sleeping enough. I was probably too carbohydrate low. I was probably not dealing with stress because I worked for a busy cardiology practice and was rounding in the ICU and you know, higher acuity parts of the hospital. And so when I, when I literally hit perimenopause and I'm not exaggerating, it's like I hit a wall. I was like, all of a sudden couldn't sleep. I gained a bunch of weight and I'm not a big person. I'm only like five, three and never had a weight problem before lost weight easily after each pregnancy. Um, and I just, it was like, I was kind of stuck. And so, uh, through my journey of figuring out what was going on with my body and I had never really had anyone talk to me about perimenopause. So as I learned about perimenopause, I was like, okay, there's something here for me to learn. And so it was all about finding new, new ways of navigating this different time in my life. And it meant changing. I was already eating healthy, but changing more elimination out of the diet, you know, more sleep, different types of exercise, um, more, you know, mindset work. And then, you know, I thought to myself, God, it makes complete sense to be eating yeah. less often. Right. And so that was the secret sauce. That was what kind of got me back to where I had been, um, you know, health wise and, you know, very humbling. I, I think that, you know, life doesn't throw you curveballs in order to uh, do anything other than provide, you know, really helpful life lessons. And it took me going through what a lot of my patients had been going through. I remember women in their forties were just, they felt like no one understood what was going on with them. They all gained weight. They were grumpy about it. They felt like they lost their inner goddess. And all of a sudden I was like, I became one of those people. And Isn't so it? I, oh my gosh. And it is, especially when you're a practitioner, right? Like for me, I'm a chiropractor. I had never experienced any type of pains in my life. Cause I've been under chiropractic care since I was, you know, a baby. Mm -hmm. And I literally blew out my low back with CrossFit and it was oh, horrific. Oh. And all of a sudden I just sat there and I was like, I could complain about this, or I now understand what it feels like when they walk into my practice, you yeah. know what I mean? So it takes a whole nother perspective, but especially even with, with your story, it brought you into this whole new, mm -hmm. like you're an entrepreneur now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like no, I, I think I got tired. I think what I tell people is I had been on this journey, you know, I've been an NP God for a long time. I was young in my twenties NP and now I'm in my forties. And I think when I initially started that whole Western medicine thing, it was ER medicine, cardiology, total adrenaline junkie. And then I had kids. And then my life shifted and I actually tried to pull out of the more acute environment was doing clinic work, which was great. I was able to get out on time. And if there was an emergency, I called 911. 
And so over time it was, you know, do I want to do a doctoral program? No, I didn't like, I took one class, didn't like that. Then I did a wellness coaching certification and that didn't really do much for me. And then I dove into a functional nutrition program. And what I realized what I was really passionate about was talking to people about food because it all starts with food. And so I woke up one day after the perimenopause incident and looked at my husband and I said, I know I'm going to leave a six figure job, but I don't love what I do anymore. And I'm tired of writing prescriptions. And so that then became the journey into becoming an entrepreneur. And as most entrepreneurs, unless they are kind of born that way, uh, I think you have to be fairly risk comfortable to be able to do that. I think my, my poor husband, who's an engineer and is very financially kind of (laughs) conservative, freaked out. And what I came to find was I was naturally an entrepreneur because I'm a little Mm -hmm. bit fearless about some things. And so dove into that and, and it feels so natural. Like now I can't imagine putting on a lab coat and being in the ICU all day long. Now I much prefer the flexibility of my life and much prefer um, being able to interact with people that are all doing amazing things in the same capacity in a different way. Uh, mm. Still interacting with amazing you know, health and wellness professionals, but in a very different way. I'm like, I'd rather impact change on a different level. I'd rather speak to a lot of people about ways that they can improve their lives than be in in a in an exam room writing a script out for you know diabetes medication for a thirty five year old, which is profoundly depressing, right? Or cholesterol meds or whatever it is, right? I remember that. Uh, oh my gosh, I'm thinking of my age now. So I was probably 15, 20 years ago, early on in practice and talking to somebody that I had known since I was a little kid. So he would have been mid twenties, mm-hmm. being put on cholesterol meds, and I was like, there is nothing. I'm like, why don't you stop McDonald's every single day? Like, right. Right. You know, but that's the fact. It's so much easier to give out a, a med than it is to teach people healthy habits. So, right. and we've yeah, convinced our patients to believing that we've got pharmaceutical, you know, ads that are on the TV. I mm-hmm. don't know anyone who watches TV. I think everyone streams, but for people <laughs> that still watch TV, maybe they're watching a game. But the point being that we have conditioned our patients to ask for these things instead of doing the really hard work. And let me be clear, there are some prescriptions that we, that we have to take. Right. I want to be very clear about Our that, but yeah. like the lifestyle stuff, it's far harder to clean up your lifestyle mm-hmm. than it is to just take the pill. And for me, I want to be, I've got two teenage boys. I want to be healthy and vibrant. I mean, my husband's older than me and he does jujitsu and Krav Maga and still plays lacrosse and is a CrossFit guy. I mean, he's amazing. And I'm like, I need to keep up with everyone else in my house. So, <laughs> right. Important. And that, I mean, you think back, go back to the nineties, like just, that was when they started conditioning us like to go in and to ask our medical doctor for X, Y, and Z drug. Right. And it was crazy to see all of that. There um, was a documentary that came out recently. And so it was called a better way, but in there, like I spoke about the fact that they absolutely conditioned us. And then you think of Seraphim, I believe was yeah. the medication that was just, um, Oh my gosh, I'm drawing a blank. Prozac. Yeah. Just a totally different, but it was the yeah. same exact med that all these women were going in for PMS disorder. And then they found out that they were on Prozac. And it was just like, but it was a different name. Right. But that, I mean, you go into the, the marketing, marketing tactics scheme. of it, it was yeah. totally crazy, but they conditioned yeah. us for decades and they yeah. still have. Yeah. So it's, it's scary. I mean, and I think, you know, obviously growing up in my house, my kids are learning a little differently. Yes. But, you know, during COVID, especially, you know, you're seeing, people at their best and at their worst, meaning Mm -hmm. people are coping in healthy ways. Like I started walking four and five miles a day on top of exercising because I just needed to get out of the house. (laughs) But then there are other people who just kind of go, ah, you know, I'm just going to sit inside and eat all day long. And I'm like, I can't be one of those people. Like I, I, 
correct. I'm like, that's just, it's uh, yeah. I'm a former poli sci major. So for me to say, I don't, I no longer watch the news. Uh, I no longer watch the news because there's just too much fear mongering. There was so on. much fear. And that's what I've gotten to the point where you can totally tell just in the first couple of seconds of a conversation. And I'm just, I laugh with my front desk assistant. I'm like, news watcher, non-news watcher, because it is, there's a fear that people walk in with or those that understand the innate ability of their body and mm-hmm. you know, how, how to keep your immune system strong. Yeah. So, and it's, and it's critical. I mean, the thing that I, I found really sad was, you know, obviously New York city got hit hard uh, yeah. early on this year. And a lot of my friends went to the front line to, uh, to serve, which I thought was incredibly commendable. And the stories that were coming back, of course, hearing from them was frightening, but I wasn't fear-mongering and sharing it. But one of the things that they talked about was, you know, you're seeing a lot of people who are metabolically unhealthy and they seem to be the most susceptible to mm-hmm. this virus. And so I, I think, you know, the, the big take-home message is that irrespective of where we are in our health and wellness journey, there are things we can do to lessen the likelihood we're going to be adversely impacted. And that's something that I've taken really to heart as an example to like my family and to my own, like my own patients that, you know, we do have control of some things, maybe not everything right now. There's a lot we don't have control (laughs) over. I would like to leave the state. Like I was telling someone the other day, you know, it's a whole long list of States where, you know, rates are so high. If you go there, you got to quarantine for 14 days. I was like, geez, I know. It has been such a weird, I'm sure you used to be on a plane all the time too. Like that, it has been so bizarre for me, but that was like so many things. Like we just interviewed for the women's summit Mm -hmm. that literally Cynthia has been on my to-do list for probably three and a half years. And I finally was like, all right, I'm doing this. Like, you know, contracted with the company. I'm like, we are doing this this year. Like this is getting done. I'm home. I'm not traveling. So it's been nice to be able to do those type of projects. And then I feel like I've been able to connect with so many of you, Mm -hmm. like from the podcast, from the summit. I'm like, oh my goodness, I've just opened up my whole wellness (laughs) professional group of people too. So it's been so amazing. So let's like jump back toward the intermittent fasting. You are more ketogenic, I'm assuming overall. Yes. I I would say I'm, I'm definitely low carb consistently. So in my mind, I'm, and I'm very left brain. So like my mind, keto is 30 grams or less a day, (laughs) but I am probably like 50 a day. And even when I'm higher carb days, it's probably 75. I just, my body generally does really well. And I just intuitively for me, intuitive eating works. If there's a day I need more carbs, I eat more carbs, but I'm not eating junk. I don't do gluten. I don't do grains. I don't do dairy. Um, so my, my, my like options for higher carb days tend to be root vegetables or squash, or like, I don't really like sweet potato. Is that even like allowed to be stated? I don't love sweet (laughs) potato or I'll have some low glycemic berries, but that's, and every once in a while I might have a banana. Like I know that's going to shock and awe everyone, but you know, I, I'm definitely one of those people that I believe intuitive eating. And, and for yeah. me, when I'm kind of reinforcing the concept of intermittent fasting, I'm like, the more carb addicted you are, the longer it will take you to get to a position to really be able to maximize fat burning. So I tend to like the lower carb world that works well for me, but I acknowledge that not everyone's in that world, but for mm-hmm. mine, it works really nicely. But I feel like a lot of people thrive on it when, if they give it a chance. Right. And I think that's the thing is that people don't understand how addictive sugar is to the body. Yeah, totally. And so they don't, they go through those first couple of days and like, this is horrific. I'm not getting rid of this. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, and it's actual, I mean, it's a withdrawal. There was a, a program called restart that I used to teach. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, it's a sugar detox. And I remember it was amazing. I had people in that program who I, I knew personally and 
they would be like day seven, day eight, day nine, day 10. They're achy, they're nauseous, they have headaches, they can't sleep. They are so sugar addicted. And so mm-hmm. I remind people that, you know, natural sugars are a little different than processed sugars. But actually, for my podcast, I just um, interviewed Dr. Joan Eifland, who's like written the definitive text on the processed food industry. And like what she was stating, it's like 80% of food sold in the United States is processed. So sugar is everywhere. everywhere. And is it any wonder we're all like, we're all like addicted. We all are mm-hmm. addicted to some degree or another. So I think it's so much easier when you get that monkey off your back and you can, you know, get, you can enjoy like some berries or maybe a piece of high quality dark chocolate. And you're satisfied with that. Right. And that's when you start to feel, and you can or taste the sugar actually in food. Like I was, we used to do whole 30 back in the day in the practice. Right? Yeah, like, I love whole 30. And so, yeah. And so then patients would be like, oh my gosh, did you know carrots were sweet? Like, you know, like, yeah, like you can taste the natural sugars of food. So it is that process. All right. So how would you tell somebody that's just starting out with intermittent fasting? How would you tell them to start? Well, if if it's the like standard American diet person, I would encourage them to stop snacking, you know, go to just eating three meals a day and really being conscientious about making sure it's nutrient dense, whole foods. So focused on protein and healthy fats, and then, you know, carbohydrates, trying to find ones that are better choices, you know, as opposed to like pasta and bread. I mean, maybe having like a starchy vegetable or, you know, even like a green leafy vegetable, that's going to be a lower carb. I start there. I really encourage them to, you know, be mindful about like what's going on in their lifestyle. Are they sleeping through the night? Are they um, managing their stress properly? Because intermittent fasting is another stress and it's, it's all about balance, finding beneficial versus non-beneficial So making sure that they've got those things kind of ramped in and then just leaping, like take that leap of faith. It might be that your first fast is 13 hours, but that's awesome. You're still doing your body benefits and then slowly kind of opening up that fasting window. So you want to aim, you know, ideal. It may take you a couple of weeks and that's okay. 16 hours, 17 hours, 18 hours. Um, I don't encourage anyone at the very beginning to try to do 20 or 24 or OMAD, which is one meal a day. A lot of people get hooked on that. And then I get concerned that they're not consuming enough food consistently. Right. And there are just far too many male bodybuilders who will eat like 2000 or 3000 calories in a four hour window. And I'm like, how do you do that? Like, there's just no way I could do that. Just eating nonstop, right? Correct. At that point. They eat nonstop for four, for four hours. So, you know, slowly kind of opening up that window, doing a clean fast. I think it's really important for people to be realistic that, um, you, you want to have training wheels on, if you're a newbie, but you don't want to be using crutches. Mm -hmm. And those are things like fatty coffees, um, you know, sugary teas. Uh, yes. Uh, fruit juice will break your fast. Coconut water will break your fast. Mints will break your fast. Gum will break your fast. Um, certain supplements will break your fast. So just being aware. Now, one caveat is if you're on a prescribed medication, you're told to take it on an empty stomach, like thyroid medicine, or if you're on hormones and you have to take something by mouth, I don't encourage anyone to stop taking their medications right. to be really clear about that. Uh, you know, if it, when in doubt, check with your healthcare provider or when in doubt about any of those things, consume it during your feeding window. And that's usually a good start for people. Mm-hmm. Like that's a good place to kind of start from. Uh, and I find that that's, you know, kind of working those things out. Like don't, don't do intermittent fasting. If you don't sleep, don't mess up your fast with fatty coffees um, make sure your stress is dialed in. Those are usually really good opportunities for people to, to start properly. Have you ever seen, at least, I, I don't know, I've had a couple of people that are like, oh yeah, I'm doing this fast. I've been fasting for like a week. I'm like, oh great. You know, what are you doing? Like, do, 
but they're eating smoothies. All day long. Okay, and I'm like, <laughs> I'm okay, like, that's technically not. I mean, you're I'm, you're not really fasting. <laughs> I'm like, no, you're doing like a protein detox cleanse, whatever you want right. to call it. I don't know what it is, but I'm like, that's not really fasting. Yeah, there's yeah. a lot of misconception out there. Like fasting is like water. Like there's nothing, you're not eating anything to increase blood sugar levels. Right. And so think about it this way. Anything that you consume that spikes insulin or secretes insulin is going to break your fast. So there's something called the cephalic phase insulin response, which in response to just thinking about food. So people really start splitting hairs when I say this, but I'm like, listen, you know how it is when you go home to visit your mom or your grandma and she makes like your favorite food in the world and your mouth starts to water. That is starting that process because digestion starts in our brains. But the point I'm trying to make is that just the thought of food can actually start that process. So if you put something sweet in your mouth, you are absolutely positively secreting insulin because your body thinks you're getting ready to have food hit the stomach. So it's going to prime everything, digestive juices, et cetera, make sure hydrochloric acid is ready to kind of be secreted. So I think it's just important to just be aware, not so that people walk around paranoid, like someone the other day messaged me on social media. Oh my God, I think I swallowed some toothpaste. Did I break my fast? And I said, (laughs) unless you are swallowing copious amounts of toothpaste, (laughs) brushing your teeth should not be a problem. If you swallow mouthwash, that's probably not a good idea on many levels. You swallow your gum, not a good idea, but it's really just to kind of reiterate for people to understand that things like protein and carbohydrates are absolutely positively going to break your fast. Mm -hmm. And the fat piece that a lot of people try to get around, they try to circumvent all the, the, the science behind it. Well, yeah, your body responds to fat differently than it does to protein and carbs, but that doesn't mean that your body isn't responding to calories. If you're consuming calories, you're breaking your fast. So. Yeah. So if you're trying to lose weight, like loading up no. on a 500 calorie, exactly. it's like coffee, these probably fatty coffees, three, 400 calories. I'm like, geez, I'd rather, well, there's a lot of things I'd rather do with that caloric load other than have a fatty coffee. I agree. Well, share with them your website and your social media handles and all that good stuff. I am at www.cynthiatherlow.com. I am on Instagram as Cynthia underscore Thurlow underscore um, I'm on Twitter where there's a little bit of snark. Uh, I've got a Facebook group that's free. It's uh, intermittent fasting lifestyle backslash my name. And we're in the process of enrolling in another masterclass for intermittent fasting. So if you're interested in learning more about that, you can find all that information as well as my podcast on my website. Awesome. Awesome. And you've got some great downloads on your website too, right? Thank you. Yeah. They just keep popping up. It's like, I told my team, make them as annoying as possible. (laughs) You can't get rid of them. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Exactly. We're going to get your email address one way or another. (laughs) No, we have great week. We don't, we don't spam and we're very judicious about reaching out. And very good information. Thank you so much for your time today. Thank you so much for having me. Did you like that episode? I absolutely love having the opportunity to interview some of the best and brightest guests and to share them with all of you. So if I may ask you a huge favor, I would love it if you went on over to Apple Podcast and gave us a review. I personally read each and every one of them as they come in and I am always inspired by your feedback. So I would be so appreciative if you did that. And here is the legalese. All content provided by Dr. Lisa Olszewski and her guests in her programs, including this podcast, her website, summits, and other platforms, is for educational and informational purposes only. Always seek the advice of your physician or another qualified health provider before you make any changes to your health routine, especially related to this content. Ask your physician questions about medical conditions. No statement has been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration, and products mentioned or discussed in these programs are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease.
I hear it all the time. How do I get my kids to eat fruits and vegetables? How can I get them to take a multivitamin? Or even for our adults, I hate fruits and vegetables. How do I incorporate some of the great benefits of this? This is why I created the Nourish Super Greens and Super Reds. You are going to love them. They are all organic. You have organic green blend and an organic red antioxidant blend. But what else I love about this... I brought in immune support as well. So we have such amazing superfoods, all of the different mushrooms that are in there, along with digestive enzymes. And you can just mix it into your smoothie. You can mix it into some water, but it tastes good. There are no added sugars. You're going to love it. So just click the link below or go to drlisao.com and click the shop button.